Welcome to the Business of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Karen White. If you're a creator or a community maker looking to expand your influence, increase revenue, profit, and productivity, you're in the right place. Join me every Tuesday to learn strategies to elevate your career as a professional influencer. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Now let's get started. That old saying, bigger is better, is not true when it comes to influencers. Micro-influencers with their targeted audience and niche expertise enjoy higher engagement rates cost-effective campaigns with strong ROIs, that's strong return on investment. And this presents a compelling case for brands to collaborate with micro-influencers. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the rise of micro-influencers. In recent years, the marketing landscape has really undergone a transformation and we've seen this marketing landscape place influencers and creators right at the heart of brand strategy. In fact, a recent stat I was reading said that a staggering 80% of social media marketers predict that by 2024, most brands will prominently feature an influencer or creator as the face of their campaigns. Not just contributing to a piece of content, but putting the influencer or creator right at the heart of the campaign strategy. That's really exciting. And it means that we've come a really long way from the early days of influencer marketing. Those early days really relied heavily on celebrity endorsements and it was very difficult for any other creator to get a foot in the door and show their capability for influence when working with brands. But in 2017, that all changed. And if you were around and on social at the time, it would have been hard for you to miss the disaster that was the fire Festival. Such a disaster. There's multiple movies made on it now and they're all worth a watch, a good laugh. The fire Festival was really, really heavily promoted by celebrities and it really shined the light on the sincerity and dependability of these mega influencers. There wasn't one that wasn't left with egg on their face and a horrible, horrible PR situation to resolve. On the positive side, this highlighted the unique value of micro-influencers and the ability of micro-influencers to become more authentic in that brand messaging piece. And then when we also consider that Gen Z predominantly discovers new product through influencers, 
it's very clear that influencers do more than boost brand visibility. So in this evolving digital landscape, brands are leaning more and more towards micro-influencers, not just because they offer a genuine voice, but they offer good engagement rates and that solid return on investment in their influencer marketing budget. In today's episode, we're going to look at why less might be more and the power of the micro-influencer in today's influencer marketing landscape. We're going to have a look at what is a micro-influencer, why are micro-influencers on the rise, and tactics for micro-influencers to create opportunities within this ripe influencer marketing market. Let's get started. What is a micro-influencer? Micro-influencers typically have a follower base between 10,000 and 50,000 followers on each platform. Now, this can vary depending on what scale you're looking at. But marketers separate the influencers by categories. We look at nano-influencers, micro-influencers, macro mega influencers. It just assists marketers to understand quickly how many followers a influencer might have and what pricing scale they might fall into and what category they might fall into. We've already mentioned that micro influencers are considered valuable to brands because of their personal and more connected relationship to their followers. So while they might not have the massive reach of the Kardashians of the world, micro-influencers have something more powerful. They have that deep personal connection with their audience, which usually also falls into a niche or specific category. Let's take a look at why micro-influencers are on the rise And why do brands really enjoy working with them? Number one, cost effectiveness. This one's pretty obvious. Micro-influencers have a lower partnership fee than celebrity influencers or the larger scale macro-influencers. This means that brands have the potential to collaborate with multiple influencers for the price of one larger influencer. Number two, authenticity. Micro-influencers have a greater perception of genuineness and many micro-influencers are experts in their specific niches. They really hone down their content and their expertise into a specific niche and that builds on that perception of genuineness. Number three, engagement and trust. There is a statistical advantage when working with micro-influencers. They can generate up to 60% more engagement on their content. Typically, influencers can average around 1% to 3% engagement, but micro-influencers start somewhere around the 
5% engagement and above. Number four, the TikTok effect. TikTok democratized virality. TikTok allowed smaller creators a shot at fame and brand deals. So many creators started out on the platform at the same time. They all started with a base of zero and TikTok has different algorithms that push out content, meaning that even the smallest creator can go viral with their content. Number five is current market trends. I'm not going to rattle off a whole bunch of statistics here for you, but what I will say is that now more than half of marketers are now working with micro-influencers. Back in the day, you could see a piece of sponsored content and immediately know who that influencer or creator was. Now, that's not the case. You get so many fresh faces pushed to you and that's because so many marketers are now working with these micro-influencers that really go into the heart of their customer audience. Number six is mitigating PR risks. We spoke about the disaster that was Fire Festival at the top of the episode. When brands invest heavily, their budgets heavily across one or two creators, there is a higher level of risk associated with that creator or that influencer if they go rogue or if they say something that is hugely unpopular and then they become that victim of cancel culture. This means that the brands then need to go into PR overdrive and win back their customer base because of the failure of that mega influencer or celebrity that might have stuffed up on a campaign. Think that fire festival, oh gosh, Pepsi and Kenda Jenner and most recently I'm thinking of Michaela Noguera and the L'Oreal Mascara campaign from earlier in the year. Not a great experience for those brands and the investment they've made into those celebrity and mega influencers. Number seven is reaching down into that niche audience. It's the power of specificity. It's the power of the micro-influencers' unique interests and passions that gives brands direct access to hyper-targeted audiences. Niche, niche, niche. Brands love it. You're going straight into customer heartland. And wrapping up this segment with number eight, strategic amplification. So brands are going to bring in the micro-influencers into their traditional marketing channels to help them maximise their reach and their return on their investment. So it means that these micro-influencers have ability to drive clicks and sales and overall brand engagement or whatever it is the metric that the brand is looking for in the campaign. Micro-influencers are proven in that strategic amplification piece. What does this all mean for you? How can micro-influencers create opportunities? 
How can you capitalize on the shifting trends by brands to work with smaller scale content creators? I've got some tactics for you. Number one is that niche specialization. Hone in on your specific niche or subject matter. This is the unique selling point that you have and it assists brands when they're looking at targeted influencer campaigns. If you specifically talk about fashion, plus size fashion or small size fashion or eco fashion or makeup or pets, whatever your niche is, music, records, I don't know. There are so many niches and subject matters, but hone in and have your niche specialization. Number two is engagement. You need to prioritize audience engagement. Brands value micro-influencers for your intimate and authentic connections. You're taking the time out to respond to comments and messages and engaging with your audience because you actually are there, you care about what they have to say and it's very likely that you have a common interest in the content that you're publishing. So take time to respond to comments, messages and DMs to help maintain and grow this connection with your audience. Number three, quality over quantity. Focus on creating high quality content rather than pumping out high quantity. Brands appreciate well thought out content that aligns with their messaging and their values. And so does your audience. So think about the content that you're creating. You don't need to publish six times a day to beat the algorithm. Quality will trump. Number four is educating potential brand partners. Not every brand is aware of the benefits of partnering with micro-influencers. Some brands who are just dipping their toes into influencer marketing will most likely be thinking that bigger is better strategy, not realizing that all of the benefits that we discussed earlier in today's episode, they can enjoy by working with you as a micro-influencer. So create a compelling media kit that outlines your audience demographics, your engagement rate, past successful collaborations, and some information, some stats around how brands can benefit when working with micro-influencers. Number five is collaborating with other micro-influencers. Partner with other influencers in related niches to help expand your reach and introduce your audience to complementary content or content that is aligned. This has become far more easier with the introduction of Instagram collabs. Uh, So Instagram are really, really pushing these collaboration tactics and tools 
for influencers to use. And it's something that we also discussed back in episode three, 50 upsells for your influencer campaign. So that's probably worth a listen to if you haven't gone back and listened to that episode. Number six is be transparent. Don't be inauthentic. Disclose your paid and sponsored content. Authenticity builds trust. And on that, don't get bot followers, don't pay for followers, build your follower base organically. Number seven, continuous learning. Stay up to date with the latest trends, tools, what's happening across the platforms. Attend webinars, workshops, classes, join groups that expand on your skills and knowledge. Staying up to date with latest trends is really going to help you build your career as a professional influencer. Here's a tip for you. Subscribe to Moots. That's the Business of Influence newsletter that comes out every Tuesday. We drop all the news that you need to know for the creator economy, plus give you early access to freebies and resources. So we have got you covered for step number seven in continuous learning. Number eight, diversify your platforms. It's good to have a primary platform, but you also need to consider about expanding your presence across other social media channels. Each platform can offer different ways to engage with your audience and build a new audience. We all know that platform algorithms constantly change. I see posts every single day in creator groups about engagement and reach tanking on the creator's primary platforms. That is never going to change. So consider building out your presence across multiple platforms. It doesn't need to be all of them. Choose two or three that you can really populate your content across easily and really continue to build on that audience. And when you're diversifying your platforms, it means that you can offer package deals to brands when they come to the table for a potential collaboration, which helps us slide easily into number nine, which is offering package deals. Instead of being able to offer brands just one post, offer brands a package deal that can include a series of posts stories, live broadcasts, a whole range of different content options. When you can offer package deals, it provides more value to the brand because they're getting different pieces of content and you're generating more revenue. If you haven't already done so, listen back to episode three, 50 Ways to Upsell Your Influencer Campaign. In that episode, we cover easy, intermediate and advanced package upsell deals. It is one of our most popular podcast episodes and one that I get messages about most days. Number 10 is a feedback loop. 
And again, I've spoken about this in previous episodes. When you're working with a brand or engaging with a brand, whether it's at early stage negotiation or after completion of a campaign, ask for feedback. Ask for what worked well and what didn't and what you can do to improve future opportunities. It makes you professional asking for what you can do better. Most brands will at least be able to shoot across a couple of sentences to you and give you some feedback. And this will increase your chances of being successful in future collaborations. Number 11, stay true to your values. Collaborate with brands that align with your values. This makes sure that collaborations feel genuine to your followers and you're going to feel much better about doing them too. Number 12, be proactive. Don't wait for brands to come to you. Reach out to brands that align with your niche and give them a compelling reason on why a collaboration with you is going to deliver success. Number 13, use your analytics. All of the platforms have insights and analytics tools to help you understand your audience better. And this data is invaluable when pitching to brands and tweaking your content strategy. It's there. Use it to your benefit. And finally, stay consistent. Trends will always change. Algorithms force change. Yet consistency in posting and engagement will help you in building and maintaining a loyal follower base. Consider these tactics that we've just discussed and start to bring them into the work that you're producing so that you can continue to provide value to your audience and to the brands that you're working with. Now, let's wrap up what we've discussed today. I said that I wasn't going to overwhelm you with statistics, but in closing, I do want to give you some really important statistics for you to consider. Eight out of 10 social media marketers believe that most companies will have a creator or influencer as the face of their brand as we move into 2024. We spoke about this at the beginning, but it shows the increasingly important role that influencers play in brand marketing. Influencers are the primary product discovery channel for Generation Z. So if you are working on developing your niche and creating an audience that sits really nice with a brand's target customer audience base, you are really going to improve and increase your opportunity to work with brands. This is my final stat for you. Eight in 10 influencer marketers are currently reporting working with smaller creators, the micro-influencers versus only one in 10 reporting working with mega influencers or celebrities with over a million followers. 
We know that influencer marketing is an effective way to reach engaged audiences. And now brands are seeing more value in the niches that micro-influencers and creators offer for targeted campaigns. We've spoken in today's episode about how brands value the cost-effectiveness, the authenticity, the niche markets and high engagement rates of micro-influencers. And we've given you some tactics to leverage opportunities to work with brands while keeping your audience engaged. It's been a big episode and you can find all of the resources that we've spoken about today at thebusinessofinfluence.com forward slash EP8. There you'll find detailed notes and additional resources on the topics that we've spoken about today. Until our next episode, stay creative.